son. And uh, they wouldn't even let him recover the body. It was laying in the streets decomposing. So this is near and dear to my heart. So I'm a little heavy this morning when I see what's going on in that part of the world. So if you'll make that a item of prayer, I'd appreciate that this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, let's stand if you would, please. Ephesians chapter number four. I could talk about a lot of things this morning, but I'm going to do my best to give to you what the Lord has given us. Uh, this is more definitely a pastoral message, maybe one that you may not want to hear this morning. Uh, but I'm here to tell you this morning, if you'll hear what the Lord is saying, I believe you can walk out of here healed, delivered, set free this morning. Amen. So I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 17 through verse number 32. I know it's a lot of reading, but I think it's important to get the whole gist of what has been talked about here. Paul is the author of this letter. Uh, this was a letter that was written to be circulated amongst the different churches in Ephesus. And we know that it is full of powerful information. But let us begin this morning. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds, having the understanding darkened, been alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who been past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Tell your neighbor the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil, let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, tell your neighbor all, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and glamour and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. This morning, we're really going to focus on verse number 32, but I think we'll reference the others as we go along, and you'll understand this morning as we proceed. But today, if the Lord would help us, our subject is going to be found basically in verse number 32, and it says, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven us. The call to forgiveness cannot be ignored. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your precious people. Lord, I pray that I would decrease so that you could increase. I pray that you would anoint this vessel full of flaw and error and let it be moved out of the way this morning that you would just flow through this willing vessel where life would hear and be transformed by the gospel and its anointing. In Jesus' name, the church says amen. Amen. For a few moments today, I want to look at the danger of an unforgiving heart. The danger of an unforgiving heart. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 through 26, we read the following. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. 
if you have an all against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespass. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespass. If you were to read Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 14, it says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, I'm not expecting anyone to shout me down this morning, so you are not obligated to make this preacher feel good this morning, all right? Because what I'm going to deal with today is one of the biggest trouble spots for every one of us in this room. It is that we do not like it when people do bad things to us. But the Bible teaches us that offenses will come. Not that they might or they could, but he says that they will. That means if God says something, it's pretty much, you can put it in the bank. It is what it is. And he simply says, if you're going to live, you're going to have offenses. People are going to come against you. People are going to misunderstand you. People are going to be rude to you. They're going to be unkind to you. They are, they're going to say bad things about you. Anybody ready to shout yet? They're, I mean, they're going to beat you up while you're down. I mean, they're just going to kick you, and, and they're going to say all manner of evil against you. He says, just know that it's going to happen. Now, it gets better. Just stay with me. But notice with me, the word of the Lord tells us that no matter what may come our way, we have to operate in a place of forgiveness. Now, that is easier said than done. Now, that's why when we begin to look into this, we have to realize what is really the importance for us to understand. I'll tell you this, right now, this morning, at this time in life, I can tell you I have never seen more individuals that's disturbed, that is unsettled, that is diseased, that is mentally and emotionally traumatized. The list can go on and on and on. There is all kinds of stuff people are dealing with. And we can blame it on a big bad devil if you want to. Now, you... You have to understand that before we go any further, this book called the Bible, it is not a book of a list of do's and don'ts. If that's how you're reading your Bible, you need to stop and start over. This is not a thing of list of do's and don'ts. But this is a book of principle, and it is a book of promise. Everybody wants the promise, but they don't want to apply the principles. But I will tell you today that if you will apply the principles of this word to your life, you will walk in the promises of God. Now, we're real good about quoting certain passages of Scripture because they make us feel good. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. We can shout on that one, right? But you have to understand the principles that lead up to it. You also read and hear this quoted often, he that the sun sets free is free indeed. That's true, right? But you have to abide by the principles that he has given us. Because can I tell you, it's one thing to talk about it, it's another thing to live in it. And I began to search and I began to go through study and I didn't really know exactly where I was headed. And then the Lord begins to put some of these things in my spirit and I began to realize, man, this is a pretty powerful lesson this morning. So I want you to understand that what you think is your problem very well might not be your problem. So I want you to stay with me this morning. Luke chapter 6, 36 through 38 says, Be therefore merciful as your father also was merciful. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall be given to your bosom. For with the same measure that I, that you meet with, it shall be measured to you again. It's not just talking about giving. It's talking about in every area that I just mentioned. Forgiveness. How many knows that when you begin to operate from a place of forgiveness, then there begins to be mercy and grace extended to you in that same measure. Now stay with me. 
We are taught by Jesus that these offenses will come, but we also are warned about the consequences of the one who brings the offenses. That's why we must never forget that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You don't have to go around and validate your existence. Uh, you have to trust God. Notice Matthew chapter 18, 6 through 7 says, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a, mouse, a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that the offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Listen, the Lord will take care of those that are bringing offenses to others. Do not get your hair all ruffled and your feathers all ruffled because of what's going on. Notice with me, Jesus himself teaches us and exemplifies what it means to operate from a place of forgiveness. When he was on the cross, he has been beaten. Please hear me. He has been mocked. He has been humiliated. He has been treated in a manner that no man should ever be treated, especially when you're walking in the manner that he walked upon this earth. But notice what he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Outside of Christ, there is another individual we could talk about for a few moments this morning that gives us probably the greatest example of forgiveness. Most of you probably are familiar with the story that you find in the book of Genesis of a man by the name of Joseph. He had a coat of many colors. He was favored by his father. He was one that he was a dreamer. God had his hand upon his life. But how many knows that the enemy, even through his brothers, was trying to destroy it before it could ever be brought to fruition? And we find that he was stripped of his coat. He was placed in a pit. He was sold as a slave. He was placed in prison. And he was forgotten even by those fellow prisoners. But yet, he chose to forgive. If anyone had the right to be angry, if anyone had the right to be bitter, you could say Joseph had the right. But we see him rise above everything that came against him because he chose to forgive. How do you know that he really chose to forgive outside of just looking at the complete story? In Genesis 41, 50 through 52, you will find that when he began to have children, he named his firstborn Manasseh. And he did that because he said, for God said, to, said, he has made me to forget all my toil and all of my father's house. He simply had got to a place where he had allowed God to take care of him. And he said, I'm not going to let that dictate who I'm going to be in the future. His second son, he called him Ephraim, meaning this, because God has caused me to be fruitful even in the land of my affliction. Can I tell you, every one of us has a story of somebody that did us wrong. Every one of us has scars. Maybe they're not visible, but we are scarred on the inside in our emotion, in our heart, in other, every area of our life because of things that has happened to us. But can I tell you, even in the midst of our pain, even in the midst of our hurt, even in the midst of the things that has happened that we can't even articulate and explain why it did, can I tell you, we can still be fruitful because God is present in our lives. Notice with me this morning, we find multiple scriptures where Jesus is talking about forgiveness. In Matthew 6, 12 through 15, notice it says this is in what we would call the Lord's Prayer. In the halfway through it, we find, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But then you read this. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's pretty powerful. You say, but I don't want to forgive them. You don't know what they did to me. Let me say this to you. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. I have come to the realization 
that there is a reason that there is so many men and women living in a place of unhappiness and unfulfillment today. And it's not because of a big bad devil, but it is because you're harboring unforgiveness in your heart. And I'm going to show you this morning how dangerous it is. Peter, oh Peter, he's having a conversation with the Lord and he simply says, how often shall my brother sin against me? He was simply saying, should I forgive him seven times? Anybody remember that? In Matthew chapter 18, we find that it sets the whole stage for the Lord to begin to teach a lesson on forgiveness. He says, listen, you're not supposed to give him, forgive him seven times, but 70 times seven in a day. Now, this propelled him, Jesus, into beginning to teach something that's very powerful that I think we need to hear this morning. In Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 23, it says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take an account of his servants. And when he had began to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. Tell your neighbor, say, that's a lot. He owed him a lot. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had hadn't paid until payment was made. But the servant, therefore, notice this, fell down and worshiped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and he loosed him, notice this, and forgave him the debt. Somebody know that? That's a pretty good day. That's a, that, that's a, that's a pretty good thing. It's like, I'm, I'm glad I cried out to you because you just delivered me. And listen, he didn't just say, I'm going to give you a space of time. I'm not going to give you an extension. But in this teaching, he's saying, but the Lord gave, had compassion and loosed him, and he forgave him, meaning I've canceled this debt. You don't owe it anymore. Now, but the same servant, that had just tasted of forgiveness. Notice what he did in verse number 28. He went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Tell your neighbor, say, that's a little. That's a little compared to 10,000 talents. He owed him a hundred pence. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe me. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me. Haven't we heard that somewhere before? And I will pay thee all. But notice, he would not. But went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servant saw that was done, they was very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Now don't miss this. Then his Lord, after that, he had called him. He said, I need to talk to this, this man again. Brought him back in and notice, he says, Oh, thou wicked servant. The one that he had just forgave, 10,000 talents. The one that he said, you're no longer obligated to it. But now he comes in and he says, Oh, thou wicked servant. I forgave thee all, that thy, all your debt because you desired me. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth or angry with him, and he delivered him to the tormentors until he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise, don't miss this, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Now, I've been slow for a reason this morning because I'm going to tell you something. This got pretty heavy when I began to walk through this. There was a man, Jesus is teaching. He owed a debt that he could not pay. God says, I forgive you. That man chooses not to operate in forgiveness like he just tasted and he comes to a place, and because of him not willing to operate in a place of forgiveness, he is labeled as now a wicked servant. 
I'm trying to word this where you're not too offended at me this morning. I don't care how well you shout. I don't care how faithfully you give. I don't care how faithfully you attend every event. None of that is going to get you to a place where you operate and live in total freedom and victory and joy and peace if you are harboring unforgiveness. This man in this story that had the heart of the master turned towards him experienced a reversal of that because of unforgiveness. I want to talk to you this morning for a few moments about the danger of a heart of unforgiveness. Because can I tell you, when you and I began to walk around with an unforgiving spirit, this is not how I see you. I see you as beautiful and altogether lovely. But the word of the Lord says, I'm going to put you in the company of a wicked servant. Not because he did anything other than he chose not to forgive. How many knows when you walk around with unforgiveness, you start to have erratic behavior? Your emotions began to come to the surface and you began to do things that you normally would not do. But can I tell you, you and I need to understand that because of this man and this story and this teaching that Jesus himself taught, he said, because you refuse to operate in forgiveness, not only do I classify you as a wicked servant, but don't miss this. He said, I am going to choose to unforgive that which I have forgiven and I am going to make you responsible for the debt but not only are you responsible for the debt that you owe I am going to take you and I am giving you over to the tormentors now don't miss this When you start looking at the tormentors, what does it mean? You begin to find that there's many things we could talk about, but we're really talking about the keepers of the prison. Have to understand the culture of that day. If a man was taken and placed in, in prison, he was given over to the keeper of the prison. Anybody remember the man of God that was taken? You read of in the book of Acts, he was taken and put in prison. He was given to the keeper of the prison. You could also talk about Paul and Silas. He was given to the keeper of the prison. And he said it was their responsibility to make sure that they would stay incarcerated. But at the same time, in certain times, uh, they was also the ones that issued punishment so that the debt could be satisfied. It wasn't enough just to put them behind bars. Uh, but we want to, when you start talking about the torture uh, and, and the pain that was inflicted upon them because of the reasons that they got there, you say, what does that have to do with you and I today? Notice with me, you have to really read this. It says, and his Lord was angry and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. What does that mean? Can I tell you this morning? So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you. Who's you? Me and you. Now, we're not physically going to be taken by the, and put in a prison cell in the natural. Keepers of the prison are not going to inflict hardship and pain on us. But can I tell you this morning that when you are delivered over to the hands of the tormentors, what you're talking about is torturous thoughts, uh, feelings of misery, uh, agony, uh, and unrest. Can I tell you right now, there is a lot of people in the house of God across this nation But they are full of tormenting thoughts. They are full of feeling misery. They are full of agony and unrest. And there is no satisfaction in their life. And they say, well, I just don't know why I can't get beyond where I am today. Can I tell you this morning, uh, it isn't because of the evil that's out in the world. uh, But it is because of the unforgiveness of the thing uh, that's in your heart. Uh, Can I tell you, say, I'm going to give God everything in my life except for that. uh, Because you don't know how bad that hurt. Can I tell you, uh, you don't realize that what you're holding on to uh, is causing 
causing you the more pain now than it did then. Uh, and if you're not careful, uh, you are going to end up uh, in a place where you're never going to experience the joy of God, the peace of God, the rest of God. Uh, can I tell you, I'm sorry, uh, and I mean this with all of my heart, uh, I'm sorry for that thing that happened to you uh, when it shouldn't have happened to you. Uh, but when you let that unforgiveness stay there, uh, it begins to be a poison into your life. Uh, and therefore, you can never walk in victory. You can never walk in power. Uh, you can never walk in authority. Uh, but when somebody, uh, oh God, I feel my help. Uh, when somebody will give everything to him, uh, you can begin to walk with your head held high, uh, with your shoulders square, uh, and say what the enemy meant for evil. Uh, God turned around, uh, and it's for the good. Uh, can I tell you, you'll be like uh, the man of God, Joseph, that said, even in the land of my affliction, I am fruitful uh, because he did not harbor unforgiveness. Can I tell you today, stewing on it and keeping unforgiveness in your life is not hurting anyone other than yourself. Please hear me. Torturous thoughts, feelings of misery, agonizing unrest. Jesus said, have faith in God in Mark eleven twenty two. He says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. But don't miss this. But when you stand praying, forgive. If you have an ought against any, that your Father also may, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespass. But if you do not forgive, tell your neighbor, say, if you don't forgive. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespass. That's a pretty powerful statement. How many wants to walk with the blessing and the favor of God? How many wants to walk under the blood of Jesus? How many want, knows that that's a safe place? How many wants to experience the forgiveness of God in your life? Can I tell you the only way we really get to that place is when we choose to forgive as well. But you don't know. But listen, why should we forgive? Now, I told you you wouldn't shout me down this morning. That's okay. But I, I can't talk about forgiveness and unforgiveness unless I talk about this as well. And I have to tell you that in Romans 3, 10 and 23 as well, we ourselves have done wrong. That person looking back at you in the mirror this morning, you've not been kind to people. You've said things you shouldn't have said. You've implemented hurt upon people that you don't even realize that you did because you responded when you shouldn't have responded. Oh, but they had it coming. No, sorry, sorry. That, that, that's not a way of escape this morning. We should forgive because we ourselves have done wrong. Please hear me. I'm going to bust your bubble this morning, but Psalms 18 and 30 tells us this, that only God is perfect. I don't care how many times your spouse has lied to you and told you that she was. You say, but I don't know how I can forgive. You can't forgive in yourself. Here's the only way that we can forgive. We have to realize that according to Colossians 1 and 14, God has provided forgiveness for us. So therefore, we have to understand, freely you have received, so freely give. He's not just talking about salvation. I did nothing, please hear me, I did nothing to earn his forgiveness, but yet he gave it to me. And therefore, because he gave me his forgiveness, that which I have received, I have to give. Doesn't mean that they deserve it. 
Because I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people don't deserve it. But there isn't one of us in this room that deserved the forgiveness that we got from him either. Just stay with me a few more minutes. I'll get you out early. I know you can't handle it, so I'll get you out early. But the danger of an unforgiving heart, please hear me, cannot be ignored. Sitting where I sit at this stage in my life, whether it be with ministers, whether it be with just people of God in this house or other houses of worship that we're connected to, I hear and I see the same story over and over and over. Well, I just don't know if I belong. I just don't know if people love me. I just don't know. I just don't, I just don't, I just, listen. It's called a tormenting spirit. And it's a tormenting spirit very well because there's an unforgiving thing in your life. You think the problem was everybody else. I'm going to tell you something. The problem ain't with everybody else. The problem's with you. And I say that in love. Listen. I've had to walk this thing out that I'm teaching you this morning. I've been lied on. I've been falsely accused. I've been beat up. Verbally. More times than you can think. It's hard to believe. I'm so nice, right? But please hear me. I choose to operate and live in a place of forgiveness. Joseph is a picture that we cannot ignore. Now, I want to give you these things very quickly. If you find the word forgive in your Bible, you will find that it is, comes from three different Greek words. I'm not going to give you a, a lesson in Hebrew or Greek because I'm not scholarly enough to do that, but there's three different words that the word forgive comes from, and I think it's important that we understand the first two of them especially. When you read Luke chapter 6, 37, as we did, and it was talking about forgiveness, you will find that this word is only found twice in the New Testament, and it simply means to release or to fully set free. So I want to pause here, and I want to ask you this question. I don't need to know what that thing is, but that thing that has brought you the hurt and the bitterness in your life, can you say before God this morning that you have released it? If not, then the word of the Lord is true and you have given yourself to a place, notice with me, you have to understand this, I don't want you to take what I'm saying out of context, but I find in this passage of Scripture, in Matthew 18, 32 through 35, when you really read, slow down and read that, when we refuse to forgive, we find in this passage, God can choose to revoke the forgiveness of God that he had towards us. When you really read this, notice with me. It simply says, that that forgiveness that I've given you, I can call back because he did it in this story with this man. The man with the 10,000 talents, he forgave him. But when he chose not to forgive others, he said, listen, go put him in prison until he pays what he owes. He reversed his decision of forgiveness. When you and I choose to not operate in forgiveness... God can choose to revoke that forgiveness off our life, which means this. He gives, maybe he takes his covering off, which can allow entry to the tormentors, tormenting thoughts, unsettling of your spirit. 
So I have to ask you. I'm not asking you because of the other individual or the other thing, but I'm asking you, can you truly say that you have released everything, everything into his care? Secondly, the word forgive, you will find that arrives from a, another Greek word is found 51 times in the New Testament. But it means not just to release, but it means this, to send away. You find that the one in Matthew chapter 6, verses 12 through 15 that we read together. But you also, which I think is amazing, is that if you would take this word forgive, you will find it in the Old Testament, and the example of it is the scapegoat that you read of in Leviticus chapter 16. I don't have time to teach all of that this morning. But I have to ask you this follow-up question to the question that I just asked you. That thing, not only have you released it, but have you sent it away? I know it's a little deep this morning, a little somber this morning, but the Bible says to resist the devil and he must flee. Now, if something is fleeing, it's running away. In order for there to be a real release in your life, please don't miss this. You have to understand that with the same forgiveness that God forgave us with, we must operate and give to others even whether they deserve it or don't deserve it because it's not about them at all but it's about understanding that in order for me to get to that fruitful place that Joseph was even in the land of affliction I must not harbor unforgiveness how many has dreams in this sanctuary this morning and aspirations of some things in the spirit that you feel like God has showed you and that you want to step into is there anybody in the room like that? You feel like God's got something more for you? You felt it for some time, maybe 10 years, 20 years, 5 years, maybe 5 days. It doesn't matter the length of time. But you say, there's something inside of me. I know that there's more. Can I tell you, the thing that's going to keep you from the more is your unforgiveness. But when a man or a woman will choose to forgive it tears down every stronghold and everything that exalts itself against God's plan for your life and you are able to walk into a different dimension, a different realm, and there begins to be a place of completeness and wholeness that comes. And i got to be honest with you. I don't see many people living there today. We are so consumed with trying to find one more thing to fill that void in our life that if we think we can attain this or if we can attain that, then I'm going to be happy. Please hear me. I'm going to celebrate with you in everything that you acquire. I pray that the rest of your life is the most blessed life that it's ever been. I pray that whatever the desire of your heart is, you get it. However, I'm going to tell you something. You can have the riches of the world, and if you have an unforgiving heart, you will still be miserable. And when you continue to harbor unforgiveness, the enemy has you right where he wants you because he knows this. You can never be a threat to his kingdom because all you're doing is trying to stay saved from Sunday to Sunday. You're not going to be about the great commission. You're not going to operate in the great commandment that you heard about last week. You're, you're, you're not going to do much because all you're doing is trying to take care of yourself because you're up and you're down. You're up and you're down. You're sideways here and you're sideways there. Listen, I'm preaching a whole lot better than you're shouting, but come back next week and we'll shout together. All right? But I've got to tell you this morning, the reason that there is a silence in the life of the Christian believer, especially in the Western world, is because of this thing called unforgiveness. Please hear me.
you and I must understand we all have need of forgiveness. And one of the things that gets us in trouble is we mistakenly think that we can pay our own debt, but we can't. Nobody's sin against us. Don't miss this. And I know this is going to be a hard one to digest, but nobody's sin against us can add up to our sins against God. But yet he chose to forgive us. And I don't know how else to say it other than this. If we do not forgive, we cannot be forgiven. You can do all of the right stuff, say all of the right things. But please hear me. Much torment comes from unforgiveness. In recent history, I cannot find a time when saints of God, I say that term loosely, saints of God, have lived more tormented lives than they are right now. And it's not because God is less of a God today. And it's not because evil is abounding out there. But it's because we have failed to teach people you cannot harbor unforgiveness. And I understand this morning that we have a culture that is very wicked and some of the most vile, ungodly things has happened to people. And it's hard to forgive. But I have to tell you the truth of God's word this morning. What happens if we do not forgive? This is not my opinion, but this is what the word of the Lord says. If we do not forgive, according to Matthew 6, 14 and 15, we will stand condemned. According to Psalms 130, Verses 4 through 8, we will live and operate in a place of hopelessness. According to Psalms 103 and verse number 3, we become very vulnerable to sickness. Why is it that there's such a spread of sickness and disease even amongst the body of Christ? Because by his stripes we are healed. So why is that healing virtue not flowing in the lives of men and women? One of the reasons is because there's unforgiveness. Some of you, just tell your neighbor, say he's almost done. He's almost done. Acts chapter 8 verse 23 tells you what happens if you don't forgive. You fall into spiritual deception. How many knows there's a lot of deceiving going on today? Second Corinthians 2 and verse 7 tells us this. That if we don't forgive, that we will destroy others with sorrow. Can I just give you a little helpful tip right here? People's got enough problems that they're dealing with. They don't need to be burdened down by my sorrow and your sorrow. Understand that we have a group of people, yes, we can find and we pray one for another and all those types of things. But when you choose to walk in a place of sorrow because of unforgiveness, you begin to destroy others. You begin to have a negative impact upon everybody around you. But most importantly that I could say to this this morning, 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, tells us this, that when we choose not to forgive, we allow, notice the word allow, because you don't have the right, you have to allow him. We allow Satan to have the advantage of our life. He does not have any authority over a man of God or woman of God, but when you choose to not forgive, 
you allow him to have the advantage over your life. So this morning, as they come to the music, because it will make you all feel better as I close. How can we keep a clear conscience and a pure heart? Here's the one thing I'm going to ask you to do. Realize it is impossible to live without experiencing some sort of pain or offense. It will happen. Somebody did you wrong 30 years ago, 20 years ago, three hours ago. I wish I could tell you that's the last time that you would ever be offended, but I can't. Some of you, before you get through today, somebody going to say something, somebody going to do something, and it's going to be offensive. Now, you can let that agitate you, steal your joy, take away your peace, or before it ever happens, you can choose to operate and to live in a place of forgiveness. Not to put my father on a pedestal in any way, shape, or form, but he was a godly man. He was a special man to me and to many others. But my father was an example to me on how to live a life of forgiveness. When people did evil things, hurtful things, he never got excited. He never had outburst. And as I studied and learned, and even over the last several days, I realized it was a gift God gave him because before anything ever happened to him he had chose to live in a place of forgiveness he understood the forgiveness that he had experienced and therefore he operated in that forgiveness so I want to challenge you this morning right now to decide to forgive anyone for anything he or she may say or do to you before it ever happens. Matthew 5, 44 gives us a biblical understanding of that. But I also would say this this morning that I would challenge you to exercise yourself to keep your conscience without offense as well. We don't like it much, but you know when you start reading the book of Ecclesiastes, you begin to read through, and it says there's a time for this and there's a time for that. We, we don't mind reading all of that that says there's a time for war, there's a time for peace. We don't mind reading all of that, but then there's a place right now, I think it's like verse 7 of chapter 3, it says this, and this is a hard one. There's a time to speak, and there's a time to be silent. That's how you keep offenses from coming from this temple and being betrayed on others. Knowing when to speak, knowing when not to speak. I don't know what it is today, but I could just stand here and I could weep like a baby today for whatever reason. But I love you enough to tell you the truth today. That God has more than we could ever imagine or think. But the reason that we're not experiencing that supernatural on the level that he desires for us to experience right now 
is because sitting in houses of worship across this nation today is people, good people, good people, good people, people that have prayed the prayer of faith and said, Lord, be Lord of my life. But you're sitting in the house of the Lord today with an unforgiving spirit. And you're not hurting anyone other than yourself. If I could say it this way, you are your worst enemy this morning. You gotta let it go. If you've ever heard anything that this pastor has said, I want you to hear me this morning. Let it go. I don't want you to be classified in the eyes of the Lord this morning as a wicked servant, nor do I want his hedge of protection to be lifted off of you because of an unforgiving spirit. Listen, as I said earlier, I am sorry for that thing that happened to you, but don't let that thing define who you are. He said, before I formed you in the womb of your mother, I knew you. I knew the plans that I had for you. Listen, your unforgiveness could be the very thing that's keeping you from stepping into that place you so desire to be this morning. You think, oh, I've got to get to this super spiritual status before I can ever listen. None of that. That's just all garbage. All you have to be is real, authentic, you. But you have to do it in a place where you are not harboring unforgiveness. So as we stand all over the house this morning, What a travesty it would be. What a travesty it would be for you and for me to be faithful to the house of the Lord, to give of our substance, to give of our time, to give of our energy, to labor with our hands and to walk the miles with our feet. Just to stand before him one day and hear him say, depart from me because I never knew you. I believe one of the ways that we make our election sure today, yes, we put our faith and trust in the Lord. We know we're saved by grace, not by works. But at the same time, we have to come back to the principles of his word. He says, listen, you have to operate in the realm that I've called you to. You can't live your life with unforgiveness. Because when you do, you keep yourself from being what I'm again stealing into you and investing into you to become. If I were to ask this morning, has anybody ever done you wrong? Every hand in this room would go up. You can try to forget it, but that's not the same as forgiveness. I'm not saying that you have to forgive that and then let that individual or that thing become back part of your life. No, no, no. Don't misunderstand me. Listen. I'm saying today that you and I need to understand that we need to be a healthy church. We need to be a healthy people because of what God is calling us into. And the only way we walk into that place of spiritual health, physical health, emotional health is by getting to a place where we are not harboring unforgiveness. So as they get ready to minister in song, I'm just going to do an old-fashioned altar call this morning. I'm going to ask you this morning...
First of all, do you believe the word of the Lord? If you believe the word of the Lord, then you have to believe all of it. And in his word, it very clearly tells us that we must forgive. Maybe something happened to you when you was a child that should have never happened. Maybe you was betrayed in business. Maybe you had partnerships that just exploded. Maybe you've had bitter relationships. You've moved on, but yet there's still these things that gnaw at you. You say, but I think I forget. Listen, here's the deal. If you hear a certain name, does it make your blood pressure go up? If it is, you have it forgive. Can I be that honest and real with you? Are you going to let that thing keep you from being the man of God or the woman of God that God's called you to be? It's time to get rid of it on a Sunday morning. You may be going through something right now that you don't even understand. You may say, I don't even know how I got here. I don't even know why I'm having to do this and go through this. Can I tell you, I want you to hear me. Right now in the midst of it, choose to forgive. And when you choose to forgive, no matter how hard it is to say that name and say, God, forgive me for not forgiving them, but Lord, by your help, I'm going to forgive this or I'm going to forgive that. Give voice to it this morning. If you will, here's what I believe. I sincerely believe this with all of my heart. If you have sickness in your body, you'll be healed. If you have a tormenting spirit in your mind, your mind will be made whole. There are people that have come to the altar for 15 years trying to get delivered over something else in their body, and they don't realize that that thing in their body is the result of their unforgiveness. I know it's still in here, but I feel the anointing of the Lord. There's a breaker's anointing in this room. And the reason there's this back and forth in the spirit is because, can I tell you, the enemy knows that if he, could, if he can keep you where you are right now, he doesn't have to worry about you being a threat. But if you ever get free from that thing, you're going to be a giant slayer for the kingdom of God. So this morning, this is just where the rubber meets the road. This is just where the real life takes place. But what's somebody going to think? Oh, what, what are they going to say? Listen, I don't care what people think. Let them think what they will. I'm here to tell you, I'm talking to you about your soul for eternity. I'm talking to you about the reality of getting to a place where you can walk in health where you can walk with joy unspeakable and full of... Listen, I'm not talking about a goosebump when they're singing a fast song and everybody's doing this. I'm talking about in the middle of the week when everything's breaking, you can still say, I got joy because there's no unforgiveness in my life. If the Lord has talked to you in any way, shape, or form as they begin to minister in song this morning, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to step out of your seat right now and come to the front of this room and say, God, I'm giving it to you today. Listen, this has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with you and God. The question is, do you want to walk in health? Do you want to walk in strength? Do you want to walk in freedom? God bless you, my friend. Don't be waiting on somebody to do something for you because I'm telling you this morning, when God begins to touch you right where you are, there will begin to be strength and health God's getting ready to take you to a new level when you respond. Saints of God, I want you to just begin to pray. Some of you men of God, women of God, I want you to come. Stand behind these that are kneeling and just begin to pray. Just begin to pray with these. Pastor Jade Abrams here. I just want to thank you for watching and joining with us today. We're so glad that you chose to be with us. We just encourage you to stay in contact with us. Click, follow, subscribe on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date what's happening here at PTC. We bless you in Jesus' name and we love you and so does God. Have a good day.